Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Melrose Place podcast. This is where we rewatch, we recap, and we analyze every single episode of the hit 90s TV series, Melrose Place. I'm Jenny Hill. And I am Dan. Let's get started. so much for listening and thank you so very very much for our best month ever Woo! january january we we did we did really really well and we thank you all for jumping in on us and uh and joining the ride. And telling your friends and spreading the word about Old Milrose Place Podcast. That's right. If this is your first couple of episodes that you've been listening to, you can go back, listen to all of the old ones. They're a little rough at the beginning, but... <laughs> that was our first time doing a podcast. Well, yeah, my first time. It was our first time. And if you want to reach us, our email is melrosepod at gmail.com. We'd be happy to answer your questions, to take advice, comments, and... Tell us, tell us about your, your Melrose journey. <laughs> tell us where you've been, how you got there. And uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at MelrosePod. And uh, we're on Patreon. If you want to support the podcast, flip us a buck a month, and you unlock all of our bonus episodes. We got another one coming up. Another one in the works, Robert and Reed. Robert and Reed, baby. We're going to dive in and we're going to analyze those two characters because I think they're no longer with us. Yeah, I think they're both bye-byes. Yeah, and uh, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. And if you are listening to us and you love us, leave us a review, man. Just do that. It's real quick. Just hit us up and we'll read it on the show. So, with all that out of the way, let's get into it. Season 2, episode number 22, With This Ball and Chain. Air date, February 23rd, 1994. Holy shit. Yeah, this one was a doozy. It's awesome. Uh, I'm loving it. It, it. it is really... It's really getting there. A lot of the people in our Facebook group say that season two and three are the best, and yeah. I completely see why. It's it's like a completely different show compared to season oh, yeah. one. I mean, season one was like child's hour. Yeah. the <laughs> This is like really crazy. Like there was an entire episode in season one about Billy and Allison not able to share. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> The biggest concern was like, oh, the peanut butter. He ate all my peanut butter. Yeah, That's this is total bullshit. We've graduated. So we open up to a jail and a woman warden is walking the halls and we see just cell after cell and they are really packing them in. I mean, they've got like 10 inmates to each cell. Yeah, there's a lot of overcrowding in this women's prison. Yeah, and then we both commented on the the shot used for this like woman guard. They have like the shot coming up like from 
her like chin. Yeah. It's the most unflattering camera angle you can ever hope to ever have. I feel <laughs> for this woman. It looks like she's got chin for days. I'm calling her Big Bad Bertha. <laughs> but her her real name is Sandra Ellis Laflaferti. She's jail she's she's uh credited as jail matron. Oh, she's the matron. Yeah, jail matron. She's actually she's actually in uh, all of the Hunger Games. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so she's done pretty good for herself. Well, she's keeping all the inmates in line. And then we see Joe huddled in a corner, surrounded by all of these crazy inmates who are screaming at each other and fighting and just like taking up space. There's only like... Smoking I think, in there. Yeah, <laughs> there's smoking. There's, burning cigarettes. Yeah, there's only like four beds per cell and each cell is seriously like 10 square feet. And there's like nine people in each cell. Um, So it's very crowded. Uh, We see that Joe gets taken out of her cell. And as she's being cuffed, there's blood still on her shirts. Reynolds, Reynolds, Joe, Beth. And uh, I mean, the makeup here, like Joe... Looks like shit. She looks terrible. She, like poor girl. All the color drained from her face. Her Ugh. lips are flesh colored. Yeah, it is like when, bags under her eyes. And it's 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 it, it's really crazy because Daphne Zaniga is drop dead gorgeous. I think she's pretty. Yeah. I mean, like I know you love her. Yeah, I think she's just stunning. And to make her to make her that disheveled is a is a credit to. Hair and makeup. The makeup department. Well done, guys. So Joe is ushered off to an interview room, and there we meet public defender Benjamin Schuyler. He, his name is Stephen First. He is known for Animal House and a movie that I loved growing up called The Dream Team. I haven't seen that. Oh, it's awesome. It's with uh, Michael Keaton, and they're like... It's like five or four like mentally ill people in like a mental institution mm-hmm. and they're in like a group, like a therapy group and their therapist takes them to a baseball game. Like they get to leave the hospital and the therapist goes to like help one of the others like pee on mm-hmm. the way. Like they're stuck in traffic so they go out to pee and the therapist gets like mixed up in some shit and gets like knocked out and kidnapped. So all these crazy, the five crazy guys are just like in New York in a car and they're like, (laughs) well, fuck it. That movie sounds awesome. It's so good. I thought it was going to be like, and then they joined a softball team and I was like, no, no, thanks. No, but it's like their whole, like one of them, one thinks they're God. One is Michael Keaton and he's just like nuts. And the other one who, who Ben Schuyler plays Uh is like, um, he's a mute. But he loves baseball. So all he says is baseball quotes. Oh. And um, and they're like, where's the doctor to him? And all he can say is like, one got away. So if you have time and you want to watch the Dream Team, I highly recommend it. This lawyer was a beast. So right off the bat, we learn that this Benjamin Schuyler public defender really doesn't have Joe's best interest at heart. He's terrible. He's asking her, hey, just be straight with me. Tell me about the drugs. What really happened? And Joe keeps having to reiterate, 
I don't know anything about the drugs. I was just on board with him. He attacked me. I had to kill him. It was self-defense. And he's like, yeah, okay. I'm not like, I'm not here to like fight for you. I'm here to like plea you down. Yeah. And he's (laughs) just basically like, look, um, no, everyone says they didn't do it and they all did. So work with me and we're going to get you the lowest sentence possible. Right. And he's like, uh, so there was money on board. There was drugs on board. You killed a guy. (laughs) (laughs) And at this time, the DA comes in. Yeah, the DA comes in, and he's more of a badass. He, what's his name? Quentin Benson, and he's played by Matt McCoy, and he was in two of me and Jenny's favorite shows right now, uh, True Detective. What? He's in True Detective, and he's in Ballers on HBO. Okay, that's your favorite, but True Detective season one, oh my God, I wish I could erase that from my brain because I just want the pleasure of watching it again for the first time. I loved it so much. Yeah, it's a good one. But he's basically like, yeah. Um, so if you don't take a plea deal now, I'm going to bury you in the courtroom. And he, I, I, I have a quote from him that is like, you blew a hole in his gut. <laughs> he's, he's like, he's like, yeah, no one knows what happened on the boat because you blew a hole in his gut. Right. So Joe is very adamant that she's innocent. She had to kill Reed in self-defense. And then she demands a phone call. And he's like, well, great. I was going to give you a lot more than a phone call. But after this conversation, that door is closed. Sure, you get a phone call. And I'll see you at your arraignment hearing. Bye. Uh So Joe gets a phone call. You think, okay, you're in jail for murder one. Who are you going to call? Your parents, another lawyer, somebody that could really help you in this situation. But who does Joe call? Her ex-boyfriend. Jake. (laughs) What in the world? What kind of decision making is this? Jake has no money. He has uh, no job. And he has no legal background but jake is nothing if not loyal he is very loyal to his friends he immediately goes right down to i guess the jailhouse but this doesn't it's the context it doesn't make any sense because joe and jake's last conversation before this kidnapping was yeah I'll be sure to spread the word that no one should look out for you. But, Dan, you have to realize that when a life and death situation occurs, even if you had kind of like a spat with somebody previously, you really come together and it's like, look, you're my friend. I love you. And I want to make sure you're taken care of. He is really invested in trying to get Joe out of prison. So he goes to the jail. He's trying to bail her out. And the guy that he's talking to is like, look, her bail hasn't been set. I, you cannot get her out. Her hearing is tomorrow. You can't see her until tomorrow. Get out of my face. There's nothing more you can do. Just go to her hearing tomorrow. And he's like, no, I need to know. How do we get her out? How much is her bail? And he's shut down. You remember last time he was at a questionnaire place? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. He almost punched the dude. I think that was at the DMV or something. Yeah. No. uh, Where was it? Or he was trying to get his GED. Yeah. (laughs) He like punched the public servant that was working. Yeah, she's like, you gotta go to the back line. It's like I was already back there. (laughs) 
You're like, sir, calm down. Yeah, he gets really, really upset in these kind of situations. Jake don't do lines and he don't do money. Okay, so next scene, we're at Escapade Magazine in L.A. And Billy is back to try to beg for his job. And Celia, her hair is all big now. She's like running it and she's like, what the fuck are you doing here, Billy? Yeah, she's not happy to see him. She is really disappointed that he quit the job in New York. She's like, Billy, you were junior editor and you quit. What is wrong with you? And he's like, well, now now you could probably get it. And <laughs> she's like, actually, I can't, Billy, because after you L.A. flaked out of there, they replaced you with someone based in New York. And now you've given a bad name to everyone here at the L.A. branch. Thanks a lot. There's in real life. There's no way Billy gets uh, his job back at Escapade. Agreed. No fucking way. But for some reason, Nancy does decide to take him in. He goes into her office. We don't know how this pans out. They probably fuck. <laughs> Maybe she's like, "Look, Campbell, yeah. I'm gonna give it to you straight." Hey, Campbell, you want your job back? We got to go back to our nightly meetings. <laughs> At midnight <laughs> with no lights. Give me a massage. Yeah. So um, we then get a call at, at Escapade, right? Yeah. Allison calls Billy and wants to have lunch. Yeah. And is it me or does it seem like Allison's hair is different every time, every episode now? They're playing with it. It's like lighter. It's cut really weird. They it's finally like, got they finally got like some feedback and they're like, you gotta fix this. But but is it fixed? Because it's like really short layers. Like they start like around her eyebrows and it's almost like morphing into a mullet, kind it's of. It's better than the main. <laughs> I don't know. This is I don't know how this is attractive, but it beats the hair mitt. Yeah, but she wants to meet with Billy for lunch because they want to talk about their life together. She says, I love you on the phone, and then he hangs up without saying anything back. Yeah, and he's this conversation is so strange because one, okay, he asked her to marry her. Him. Okay? Yeah. He asked her to marry him. Mm-hmm. And that's where we left the last episode. So Billy lives with her. So we don't. So he, she didn't say yes or no at this dinner. So they went home. They went to sleep, and they still didn't know. She, he still, she still didn't tell him whether or not she's accepting. She needed time to think. Okay. Right. This is a big life decision. But Billy's on the phone. He's like. Are we going to have lunch because you're going to tell me if you'll marry me? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> okay. I'd be like, what the fuck? If you don't say yes or no in the moment, it's a no. That's that's the rules. Is that's it? my rules. I don't know. That's my rules. If you if if I when I proposed to you, if you were like, can I think about it? I'd be like, OK, this is a no. I'm probably going <laughs> to leave dinner now. You know? You can't, you don't get back up without a yes. You crawl out of there and it's a wrap. Well, I guess I can see it from that perspective. But I think Billy is still holding on to hope that she's going to say yes. And, and she's like, I love you. What the fuck? 
she broke up with him and was like, good God, goodbye in New York. You know them, though, Dan. They are on again, off again. I mean, Amanda says it best in this actually the very next sentence, because when Allison hangs up the phone, she realizes Amanda has been standing at her desk and she's like, oh, great, Amanda. How long have you been here? And Amanda says, oh, were you on the phone with your boomerang boyfriend? (laughs) Which is a very apt way to describe him. Fucking throw him as far as you can. He's comes right back. Right back. (laughs) And she's like. Uh, Well, if you must know, Amanda, yes, he is back from New York. And honestly, I don't think this is any of your business. So can you please butt out? And then Amanda says, well, actually, Allison, knowing what's going on in your personal life is really important because it can affect your productivity here at work. Yeah. That's like the craziest thing I've ever heard. And then she's like, well, if you must know, bitch. Billy asked me to marry him. And if you see Amanda's face when she says that, it's like this like wave of shock. And then it's like one moment of that. And then she's like back to being composed. And then she's like, then Amanda says, well, Allison, if I were you, I would really give it some serious thought. There are things about Billy that I know that you don't know. Yeah, that's (laughs) such a bitchy thing to say. She is horrible. She sucks so much. She completely oversteps her personal and work boundaries habitually. Like, you could write her ass up. You could send her (laughs) ass to HR every freaking episode. Yeah, you really could. And she could get fired. (laughs) But that won't happen. That won't happen. So, next scene... If I was Allison, I'd be like, hey, remember when you miscarried and we were working overtime in the pitch black night? Who took you to the fucking hospital? You could have died. Back off. That's what I would say to her. Yeah. Oh. I know. It's hard. It's because Amanda is such a bitchy character. She is. So next scene, we have Sydney creeping down her stairs from her apartment at Melrose Place. And at that same moment, Jane comes into the courtyard and she sees Sid. And uh, Sid has a basket and it's full of her belongings. And Jane's like, oh, Sydney, what are you doing? We haven't seen you in a while. Yeah. And Sydney says, oh, well, I'm throwing some things away. And in the basket, that's her favorite stuffed animal, Puddles. And it's she- not even like a basket. It's like a blue like milk crate. And she's wearing these like work boots and like baggy ass jeans. I'm like, she is ghetto as fuck right now. <laughs> yeah. It's and like a Scooby Doo dog. So Sydney's being very evasive and she's like, well, actually, if you must know, I am moving out of Melrose Place. And of course, Jane is surprised to hear this. And she's like, is Amanda kicking you out? Let me talk to her. Let me see what I can do. Are you not able to make rent? And she's like, I got this money. If you need it, girl, you're my sister. I love you. We're friends again, remember? And then Sydney is like, look, Jane, I didn't want to tell you this, but if you keep pressing me, I'm moving in with Michael, okay? It's love. And 
And she's just like, sorry. And Jane, I mean, if you look at this from Jane's perspective, the last time that they were talking about Michael, they went down to the courthouse and filed a restraining order against Michael yeah. for, on behalf of Jane because Michael was such a menace to her life. That's right. And it's like... Can you just see this from Jane's viewpoint? It's like you think that your sister's totally on your side, that you got this snake of a man out of your life, that he was harassing both of you, mm-hmm. only to find out that this is probably a week later, two weeks later, that she's moving in with him? Yep. I mean, the poor Jane. Uh, every episode, she's the one that gets screwed over, <laughs> over and over and over again. And she's like, Sydney, this is by far the worst thing that you've ever done. Every episode could be renamed Poor Jane. It's so true. <laughs> but I will tell you, her hair is on fleek. I love her hair. It's very like asymmetrical and really very fashion forward. It's- Jane's so hot. Josie Bissett. Come on the podcast. Dan has said on several occasions that if he could have any character on the podcast, he wants Josie Bissett. I need you, I Jane. think it's just because he, like, I was going to say secretly loves her, but it's not a secret. You just love her. I do love you, Josie, but not in, like, a scary lock you in my closet way. <laughs> I love you because your character is so sweet and so sad, and I just want to give you a hug. <laughs> Because shit happens to you all the time. Yeah, so Sydney leaves and Jane is dumbfounded and we go to the next scene, which is Allison and Billy sharing hot dogs in a park. Barf. Yeah, so they're walking around in a park. Billy makes a comment that, why do we always end up going out to lunch and having hot dogs in a park? And she's like, well, I just like the little things in life. He's like, no, you're a cheapskate. You're cheap. And then all she had to do was raise her hand and be like, I'm cheap. <laughs> Look at this fucking piece of shrapnel garbage. Did you get this in a fucking Cracker Jack box? Oh, my God. But instead of doing that, she answers by saying, well, we have to start saving money if we're going to pay for a wedding and a honeymoon. Oh, so, of course, Billy is like, oh, my gosh, does that mean this is a yes? You want to get married? And she's like, Billy Campbell, you better marry me. Yeah, you better marry me. Here, let me open that bottle for you with my ring. <laughs> <laughs> so That ring belongs in a plastic bubble. And you put 25 cents into the revolving thing. and it <laughs> A little vending machine. Yeah, and it comes out. I could not agree with you more. That ring belongs in a grocery store. I could not agree with you more. So the only condition that Allison has is that we need to be upfront and honest with one another. Amanda said some things to me today that kind of made me question what's going on. And I want to know, is there anything that she knows about you that I don't know? And Billy says... Oh, Allison, you know me better than anybody in this whole world. I love you so much. I love you more than anyone. Don't let Amanda interfere with this. She's just jealous. We are with Jake and Amanda. And Jake is lobbying for Amanda to front the money for Joe's defense attorney. Right, which is insanity. I mean, this is insane. Jake is like, look, I know you have connections to powerful attorneys. You can help Joe. She really needs us. And Amanda's like, 
Um, Jake, reality check here. Neither you nor I shot anybody, okay? This is all Joe's doing, and she needs to face the music. And But uh, in Jake's defense, they're involved because of their investment. And even Amanda addresses that by saying, if we do pay for her attorneys and her lawyer's fee and get her bailed out of jail, then it could be a bad reflection upon us and make us look like we were connected in some way because we did invest in the whole operation. So which she has a point and I'm kind of like, okay, Amanda kind of Amanda and Joe have never been close, but you're linked anyway because you're her landlord. You know, so does that mean that your landlord has to pay for your defense attorney and bail you out of jail? No, it doesn't mean that. But it does mean one Reed never paid him back. So if you want your investment, you know, you gotta, yeah. You have to pay more. That's that's ridiculous. She's already lost ten thousand dollars. Yeah, true. I mean, I don't know. You, I think Amanda is such a jerk, and I really don't like her, but I have to side with her on this. If no. someone came to me and was like, oh, can you pay this girl that you like half-heartedly know that used to be your boyfriend's ex that you kind of like have this weird rival competition with, pay for her defense attorneys and getting her out of jail, I'd be like, that's hilarious. Get out of my face. Um, but they leave there. They leave that scene. Jake is still really trying to help Joe, but we cut over to Joe, who's like, again, huddled in a corner in the jail cell. And she's Poor like, Joe. just like shivering and everyone else, like there's chaos around here. And then you hear this woman's voice scream out. You're going to be in here a long time. <laughs> and then we go to commercial. Poor which Joe. Is she's, hilarious. In, she's in bad shape. She's, she's in a, she's in the jail orange jumper. Yeah. Yeah. Next scene, we are with Joe and the public defender. We learn that her arraignment is in three hours. And again, this dude, Ben Schuyler, is still trying to say, Joe, you got to be up front with me here. Like, we're going to go in. We have three hours. If you don't give me anything, I'm going to do the best I can. But, I mean, we're really up against the wall. They're saying plea out or it's murder one. That, that's the charge you're going to face. And she's like, I told you I didn't have anything to do with it. And then he says, yeah, well, you also told me that you didn't have an arrest record. Come to find out that last year you were arrested with a concealed weapon. Yeah. Remember when you were driving around freaking slumland? Taking uh, photos of taking poor f- homeless people without their consent? Yeah. To Mr. Wendell. <laughs> Mr. Wendell, yeah. <laughs> That's like the one song that they were like, it's fine. You don't have to pay any rights to keep this in no, the show. We, no, we only know that because of uh, Alyssa. Oh, oh, that's right. <laughs> Mr. Wendell. So okay. now, now Jake is with Billy and Allison, and he's like, guys, we got to get some money together. We got to get Joe bailed out. And um, Allison and Billy are like, well, I can max out all my credit cards. <laughs> And Joe's like, uh, uh, Jake's like, I'll go pawn my my bike. Let's do it. <laughs> I don't even get this. And then they're like, go team. And honestly, she's been in jail for one night. And I kind of feel like they're jumping the gun here. If she is truly innocent, she's going to go to her arraignment hearing. Can't she just wait a little while to kind of see where it is? Or they're like, nope, 
She Mm-mm. needs to come home. She's been there one night. We're going to put up a hundred grand. Selling that Harley right now. It, it's crazy. Well, that that's the mark of true friends. Yeah. I don't know if I could go that far for my friends. No, I couldn't. Fuck you guys. I can't even get them listening to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't bailing you out. I'm selling my car. So now uh, we go to Michael and Sid's place. It's very weird saying that. Um, Sid is toasting like real shitty egos and humming. <laughs> she's like humming like like a Susie Home. No, I think she's humming Shoe Fly Don't Bother Me. She's like. And she's making like these microwavable like sausage and eggs as well, which if you remember, Jane and Michael always had these elaborate breakfasts where they would like do fresh squeezed orange juice and make omelets every day and like toast. And this is a far cry from that. Michael's sitting at the breakfast bar and his soul is just crushed and he's watching Sydney just gallivanting around humming being so happy and she's like and he says to her you know you can really cut this little sunshine act okay yeah, put a cork in it sydney <laughs> and she's like i'm just ha- just happy that everything's out in the open finally i told jane about us today or yesterday yeah and she keeps using we we are this we can do this and he's like there is no we bitch right only me <laughs> She's like, and then he's like, she's like, well, why don't you perk up, Michael? What's wrong? He's like, oh, wait, well, let me see. What's wrong? Well, my fiance's dead. You're blackmailing me and Levin won't let me see any patients. Yep. I think that's a uh, amounts to why my life sucks. Yeah. And he's like, you're only here because you put a gun to my head. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, well, there's got to be something that we can do. And that's when he delivers the whole we thing. There's no we, bitch. And he picks up his cup of coffee and pours it all over his breakfast that she just made uh, to make a point that he's like, I'm not into this, this girl, (laughs) you crazy psycho. But he should be into it. Sydney's hot and she loves you. I agree, but... He's got to find that on his own. So next scene, we are in court. This is Joe's arraignment hearing. And guys, Ben's the worst lawyer ever. He sucks. He's really bad. They call up the case and he's like, oh, your honor, excuse me. I can't find the case file. Can you please give me a few minutes? And he's like fumbling through his stuff. And If I was Joe, I would be like, Ben, I'm going to need you to sit this one out. I'm going to represent myself. He finds the case file and in earshot of everybody looks at her and says, I don't suppose you changed your mind. You want to tell me anything else? And she's like, I told you I don't know anything. And he looks at the the, the judge. And he's like, your honor, I found it. <laughs> Got my case file. It's right here. And she's like, okay, thank you, counsel. So the DA's there. He goes to the judge and says that he wants to get charge her with murder one. The judge listens to this and the public defender says that they want to set a $100,000 bail and things are looking really bad. It looks like at first the the judge says that she denies the bail and it seems like she's going to be in prison for a little bit longer facing murder one charges on the basis that she's already had a weapons charge so right. that it did come to bite her you know 
At that moment, this dapper gentleman bursts through the courtroom and interrupts everything and says, Your Honor, I'm here to represent Joe Beth Reynolds. The big shot lawyer's name. It's such a big shot lawyer name. It's Walter Kovacs. <laughs> played by John McCann. And even the judge is impressed. She's like, oh, Mr. Kovacs. I'm, this is a little... Uh, a little uh, shocking surprise beyond a little below your pay grade. Wouldn't you say? And he's like, no, your honor, I'm here. I'd like to represent Joe. And I'm requesting that we have this delayed so I can learn the case and come back tomorrow. And the judge is cool with this. And she's like, okay, well that means should ass a uh, public defender. You can go. And the arraignment's going to be postponed. And Joe, you're remanded to the, the big house again. Right. And um, this lawyer is, he's known for being in The King of Queens. Great show. Yeah, we love that show. He was on one episode of Silk Stockings. Um, Saved by the Bell, he was a congressman. Heck yeah. And Oh, he was in Jake and the Fat Man, 1987. <laughs> uh, so he looks over at Joe and says, are you scared? And she just answers, petrified which is kind of a weird thing to ask that's the first interaction you have with your client yeah and he's like well let's go talk about it oh he's also in, he was in scarface holy shit oh 1983 um let's see so where are we headed to next jenny Next, well, we're still in the courtroom and Billy and Amanda are kind of off by themselves while Jake and Allison are talking oh, right. to Joe um, while she's kind of like they're wrapping up her hearing and I guess they're getting her prepared to transport back to the jail. And Billy says to Amanda, well, that's a really nice thing you did hiring that attorney. And Amanda's like, why is that surprising? I'm actually a nice person, Billy. Okay. And then Billy says... Listen, I'm going to tell Allison about us. And Amanda does not want to hear this. She is like, look, you told me to keep it a secret. I was going to keep it a secret. I wasn't going to say a word. And if you tell Allison and it gets back to Jake, he's going to kill me, Billy. We decided we would keep it under wraps. Let's just keep it under wraps. Why are you bringing this up? And it's like, well, let me think, Amanda. Maybe because you made that little comment to Allison at work, and now Allison's asking questions. If you really were going to keep it a secret, keep your stupid mouth shut. Yeah, don't say shit like, I know things about Billy that you don't. That that immediately means I had sex with him, and I'm not telling you yet. Well, I don't know if it means that, but it definitely raises a lot of questions. And it's just if, because her ego got in the way, and she always has to have one up on Allison no matter what. If someone came up to me and said, I know things about your wife, Dan, that you don't, I'd punch them in the face. <laughs> I don't care what the fuck it is. I'd be like, okay, great. How about a knuckle sandwich? Yeah, well... Amanda, what if someone said that about me to you? I would say, well, tell me what. <laughs> I would yeah, ask like, them what. A conversation doesn't just end there, you know? I would be like, what do you, like, what are you implying? And then I would try to hear what they were saying. And then depending upon what they said, I would go back to you and say, um, this person said that you did X, Y, and Z. What's up with that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Uh, so... 
Amanda's not happy about this. Billy's resolved that he's going to tell Allison everything's going to be out in the open. But then I'm thinking, Billy, what does it matter? You slept with Amanda when Allison was off with Steve McMillan. Like, she dumped you to pursue a life with Steve. Yeah. You had every right to go and do whatever you wanted. And he and Amanda were an item before he and Allison. It's not like they're sleeping together for the first time. He kind of falls back into an old habit and hooks up with the next girlfriend. Yeah, I mean, trash sex, you know? Tra- you know, you got to have trash sex. When you life. fall into trash, you your sexual urges, uh, urges are heightened. <laughs> <laughs> From my viewpoint, I feel like Billy doesn't really have a ton of skin in the game. And if the only thing that he is going to be jeopardizing by getting this out in the open is his relationship with Jake. Yeah. Think about that. He was living with Jake at the time while Jake was seeing Amanda. Yeah. That's like total dick move. You don't do that to your friends. No. No, you do not do that to your friends. So we head over to the hospital where Sydney is in a conversation with Dr. Levin. Right. And if you remember, Dr. Levin is Michael Mancini's superior. So they're yucking it up. Michael comes up onto the scene, very surprised to see Sydney there. And he's just like, God damn it. What is this bitch doing at my work? So Levin is just smiling from ear to ear. He turns to Michael and is like, well, Sydney's been telling me how hard you've been working about getting your feet back on the ground since the accident. And Sydney's like, yeah, Michael, I'm just saying how much you love to be a doctor. And he's like, oh, yeah, great, Sid. Um, Why don't you leave Dr. Levin alone? And Dr. Levin's like, no, 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 motherfucker. I'm in a conversation. I like this girl. And she brought you coffee, man. She brought you a cappuccino, actually. Right. And he, Levin is like, Michael, I almost believe her that you've kicked the painkillers and that you're ready to be back on, on the rotation. So why don't you come by my office tomorrow and we'll talk about getting you back on the floor and seeing patients again. Yeah, so Michael is pretty stoked here. And, and he's like, but Levin, I I told you that I kicked the painkillers. And he was like, I don't give a fuck about you. Michael. Right. He's like, oh, well, okay, that, that's all well and good. But I believe her over you. But let me tell you, Mancini, this is your last chance. You mess up one more time at this hospital, you're out of here. And that's the worst. Like, if your boss likes your wife or girlfriend like more than you it's sort of defeating you know i guess but sydney has a way about her a whorish way (laughs) okay so next scene we're with amanda and jake and amanda feels the pressure that billy's gonna tell allison about their little trash sex rendezvous and that she's got to be the one to tell jake before it gets to him yeah, so she's basically just sitting there. She's like, Jake, we got to talk. Um, I don't want you to freak out, but remember when like we sort of broke up a little bit over my dad and because I thought that you were uh, lying? And then Jake immediately, guy mind, is like, but I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, 
Right. But but that's besides the point. Do you remember all of that? And he's like, yes, but I was right. <laughs> <laughs> and she's like, well, Jake, I slept with somebody else during that time frame. And Jake is like... Who the fuck is it? Like, he is mad. He's walking around the apartment. He's pacing. He's grabbing his head. He's like, who? And, and what I say, I was like, break her fridge. <laughs> <laughs> break her fridge. Break her fridge. And she's like, uh, well, it doesn't matter, Jake. I mean, the point is we're together. I just wanted you to know. And he's like, oh, it matters yeah. to me. Every you tell guy, me now. Every guy, of course it matters. We want to know who. And he said, and Amanda says... It was Billy, okay? And upon <laughs> hearing this, Jake is irate. He's like... <sighs> and Amanda's like, Jake, look, I love you. I just wanted to tell you, this was the biggest mistake of my life. And no... What? Yeah. That was the biggest mistake of your life? Yeah, that, that doesn't make any sense. It really doesn't. So Jake is like pacing around again and amanda's like jake please forgive me i'm sorry i'm sorry and then jake turns to her and says i'm not mad at you i'm mad at him and this like is this the first time she told jake that she loves him i think it is maybe yeah no one wants to hear that on the heels of something hey terrible i had sex with somebody else but i love you yeah guess what i love you oh everything's great now that now that you love me that's awesome no, so so Jake is mad at Billy, not Amanda. Yes. I don't know. I'd be mad at both of them. Uh, I mean, again, they were broken up. Things were weird. The whole dad thing. I can understand where yeah, she was, she trying was to coming kick from. Kick him out of the apartment. And she's like, and she even said it was just about revenge. I didn't. I don't have any feelings for Billy. I just did it to get back at you because I thought that you would hurt me, which really shows you. Amanda's character, that was her motivation. Yeah. It wasn't because she wanted a release. She wanted to like be with someone intimately because she was under so much, much stress or she had some like feelings for, for Billy. It was solely because she wanted to get revenge on Jake. Women. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, so next scene, we are with Allison and she's visiting Joe in prison and if you can believe it, Joe looks worse. Yeah. She looks Poor terrible. Joe, she, prison does not look good on you. Yeah, she's behind the glass and she confides in Allison that she keeps feeling like a kid and that she just made a stupid mistake. And at any moment, her father's going to come in and fold her into her, his arms and tell her everything's going to be okay and, and it's going to be fine. And I hate it when people ask the obvious Joe's on the phone and she's like rhetorical question like how how did I end up like this? I'm like I know exactly how. Do you want a step by step document? You went to a high school reunion. <laughs> you hung out with Reed, who was creepy from the start. You didn't get a hint then. Then you had breakfast with him, and you accepted him into your home and let his crusty ass boxers on your countertops. That's how it happened. That's how it happened. Then he put a gun to your face and you decided to just sweet talk him out of that. That's another red flag, Joe. You should have ended it right there. Mm -hmm. That's how you got into you know, this she, fucking mess. When he showed up in L.A. like, oh, I'm here. I don't have any place to live. I'd be like. Yeah, in your bushes? Bye. Yeah. 
Bye. Like, goodbye. That is freaking weird. How did I end up like this? But, I mean, she does say, she's crying, and she says, I took, I killed somebody. I took a human life. And even if it was self-defense, which I kind of feel like they could have gone to Mexico and, like, she could have escaped then. I don't think that it, she needed to kill him. Yeah, you didn't need to harpoon I, his ankle. I really don't think that she needed to do that. But um, she firmly believes that, and even if it was her or him, she did kill somebody mm-hmm. and no matter what the circumstances are that's gotta take a toll on you yeah and she's crying she's very upset and i'm thinking during this whole monologue it is very strange that she has not called her dad we know her mom is deceased we know that she has a relationship with her father if you remember the first scene in that apartment when she just moved in she takes a call. She calls her dad and says, Dad, I moved away. I'll tell you everything. I'm going to call you back. So she does have open lines of communication with him. This isn't like, oh, I got a DUI or something. That she is just gonna, doesn't want him to like, know. She killed somebody and she is facing murder one charges. It does not get any more dire than this. Maybe, maybe her dad like hates murder. And he's like, if you ever murder, I will disown you. Okay, well. And then she's like, well, who, I did that. Who likes murder? <laughs> um, I don't know. So um, at, at the, in this conversation, the, the, me and Jenny disagree on this, but um, Allison like cuts off Joe and she's like, you don't belong in here. You, you should be my maid of honor. And Joe's like, wait, what are you? You're getting married? And she's like, yay. But why? I don't think that's the place to tell, to cut the, to cut the whatever. Look, Joe's really upset. She's crying her butt off. She is very regretful of what transpired. This is a bright point. This is something that she can look forward to to say, Joe, you're going to be my maid of honor. It's going to be a huge party. You're going to be dancing in the middle of the whole thing. And this is going to be in your rear view mirror. We're never going to think about it again. You did the right thing. We're going to get you out. If Have I, faith. See, I think the opposite. I think as Joe, I'd be like, how the fuck can you think about your own stupid ass wedding when I could go away from prison for the rest of my life for some bullshit that I did in self-defense? How could you? How? Why are you even bringing that up? Like, I don't give a shit about your marriage to Billy, who I hate. Joe doesn't like Billy. I know. You know? And I would think that Jane would be Allison's maid of honor. Well, her and Joe are really tight. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Jane's definitely a bridesmaid. We're at Michael's Beach House, and this is my favorite part of the episode. <laughs> Michael just bursts into the house, and he's like, Hey, Sid, what's a truck? <laughs> he just walks in his house screaming at Sydney. What's this truck doing outside? And he is welcomed by all of these men who are moving new furniture into his home. Yeah. And Sid pops out, and she is strangely dressed, a lot like Kimberly Shaw. I disagree. Kimberly has way more fashion sense than this. No, but Kimberly was like sweaters, long skirts, 
Yeah. This At is home? like, she looks like Beverly Cleaver. You should rewatch some old Kimberly episodes because at the beginning she was long skirts and sweaters. I don't think she ever wore a dicky, okay? Like there's like a straight up dicky coming, like a one of those floral lace collars coming out of the the sweater that she's wearing. She seriously she looks very out of place. You can tell that she's trying to play this role as like, like Susie Homemaker. I am the wife of an accomplished doctor. Yeah. And Michael's like, what is going on here? And uh, she's like, okay, guys, can you all just go go into the truck and, and, and grab some other things? And they're like, will do, Miss Mancini. Mrs. Mancini. Mrs. Mancini. And, of course, Michael is, like, appalled to hear this. And he's like, how did you pay for this shit? She's like, oh, um, I used your credit cards for the deposit, and now we're on monthly payments. And he's like, are you kidding me? You are not Mrs. Mancini. And he like picks up a lamp and he's like, I hate all the she, she stuff. <laughs> and Sid is like, well, why don't you come and see our new bedroom set, doctor? And he's like, no, send it all back. Send it all back, Sydney. And you can tell that this tactic isn't working for Sydney. So he tries to change it up a little bit. And he's like, sweetheart, I want you to call them, send everything back, go make me some dinner and Stay out of my credit cards. And then Sydney again just fires it right back and is like, you know, you're making me really mad, Michael. And you don't want to see me mad. And he says something like, oh, and Mrs. Mancini, the only Mrs. Mancini is my mother. <laughs> okay? That's yep. never going to be you. Never you, a whore. Amanda and Jake are visiting Joe in prison. They tell her that they spoke to the DA and that they really think that he's coming around with the help of this big shot attorney. They're convincing him that Joe really didn't have anything to do with the whole drug deal and that she was really an innocent bystander that got caught in the crossfire. And Joe is explaining to Jake again that she just can't tell her dad any of this. Jake says that the bail could be as high as three hundred to four hundred thousand dollars, and unfortunately, they just don't have that kind of money. So he's looking for other avenues. How can we get it? And says, you know, Joe, have you talked to your dad? And Joe's like, I couldn't tell my dad something like this. And plus, he he's like going into bankruptcy. He's losing his job. All of this stuff. But I'm like, even for emotional support, maybe he can't help you financially. But Daddy, I'm in prison. I mean, I don't know. If if something like that, knock on wood, if I was in her situation, I think that like you would be my first call, but very shortly after, I would be calling my dad, my parents, my dad and my mom to be like, "What should I do? I need help." Yeah. But no, Joe doesn't want to go this direction. So, they're trying to figure out ways that they can post bail. And then Amanda just says out of the blue, I'll do it. I'll get her out of here. And both Joe and Jake look at Amanda like she has two heads. And she's only doing this so that she can buy Jake's approval and love for her missteps with Billy. obviously. And she's like, look, I'll put the apartment up as collateral. That should take care of it. And we can figure a way that you can pay me back. And I'm like... That is 
$300,000, she's never going to pay that back. It's a lot of money. And if you're going to post bail for that, that's insane. I, I just feel like... I don't even know how bail works. Like, Do you get it back if they go to court? I don't think so. Like you just lose that money? I I do. Th- I think that that is the case. Because there's bail bonds. So like, so like you, I don't know if anyone knows how these bail bail bonds. I feel work. like for if bail they skip bonds, town, you lose the money. Yeah, but then I think you have to pay them back. So that's the thing. Like, people will go to a bond, like a, a bail bondsman. I think this is how it works, and they pay a percentage, and then the bail bondsman puts up the difference. And if they skip town, then you lose the percentage. Well, because you can't pay them back or something, right. I, I think. Um, but uh, I'm of the mind that, like, okay, you are just telling Joe that you're making all of this headway with the DA. It seems like he may even drop the case. You can't stay in prison for the next couple of days. You're going to make someone put up $400,000 on your behalf after they've already lost $10,000. Did you see that jail, though? She was not doing good in there. I don't know, man. I, if I were her, I'd be like, yes. Mm. I wouldn't want someone putting up four hundred thousand dollars for me. That's like you're forever indebted to that person. It's a lot. And being forever indebted to Amanda, oh no, thank you. Yeah, fuck that. And yeah, Jake is like, well, Joe, you can't spend another night in jail. We're getting you out of here. She's been there for two days. Yeah, and, and two days for forever in debt. I don't know. I would just say, you know, let's see how everything goes. With, everything goes with the DA. If they drop the charges, it's another few days. What's another few days versus owing someone $400,000? So we do get Joe out of jail, and they're walking into Melrose Place. She's just beaten and bad. Like, she's beaten down, not like... Not physically, but figuratively. And Joe's like, gosh, I can't believe you guys did this for me. I mean, I didn't expect it of you two. Okay, I didn't mean that, but I'm saying like I I didn't expect that you would be the ones to come to my rescue. And that's when Amanda says. Mm -hmm. She's like, oh, well, you know, Allison and Billy's engagement party is tonight and they want to make it. They want to share it with you and make it a welcome home as well. So this is in the evening. It's dark outside. So we can only assume that this engagement party is probably happening in the next hour to two hours. The thought of going to a party after having been in jail for the last two days and you're like totally, you look like crap. You just probably want to sleep. Yeah. Like that is so insensitive too to be like, come on out, have some drinks, chill with us. It's like... No, give her no. a day. Let me go. I'm going to go to sleep. And Jake agrees with this, too. He's like, you know, maybe it's best that Joe kind of rests and lays low. And Joe's like, yeah, I think I'm going to do that. I'd like to sleep in my own bed. And if, if Joe's your best friend, wants, you want her to be your maid of honor. Like, how thoughtful is it to, like, have your engagement party the night she gets out and and then, like, Offer to you, you basically like split it with her. I think this is this isn't thoughtful at all. This is like it's weird. This is very um, what's the word? Selfish almost. Like Joe should get back, and then you reschedule your engagement. Party and the other thing so is so that your fucking maid of honor can come to it. 
They're having it at Shooters. Yeah, this is cheap crap. Ew. Terrible. Ew. Terrible. Okay. I mean, I mean, there's pinball in there now. So as Joe is going up to her apartment and Jake and Amanda are leaving, you hear them arguing and Jake's like, do we really have to go? And Amanda's like, we have to make an appearance. And he's like, let's just go get pizza. Let's forget about this. And she's like, no, Jake, we're going. We are now at Shooters and we are at Allison and Billy's engagement party. And they're just making light of this whole thing with Joe. One... You don't toast. You don't make your own toast at your engagement party. Yeah. So Dan's Someone referring makes your toast to for you. Allison is like, okay, everyone, get quiet. I have a toast I want to make. Yeah, and you know who does make the toast at your engagement party? Your maid of honor, who you should have had at your engagement party because you should have scheduled it down the road. But anyway, <laughs> so Allison makes her own toast and she says to. To Joe's freedom and the end of Billy's. <laughs> right. That's terrible. What a terrible toast. And who are all these people at their party? I don't know. Are they just bar patrons that just kind of like are crashing it? Or are these people that I we've never seen these people before? They're like active in the toast too. Like, yay. Yeah, we finally see Matt. That is like Matt lo- loses his boyfriend and he's off the show. Yeah, Matt's like not involved in anything. Jeez. And at the at at this point, Jake has had enough. He wants to leave. Remember, he is furious with Billy. He doesn't want to be there, and he is leaving. And Billy's like, "Oh wait, Jake, before you go, like, uh, leaving so soon? I, I want to talk to you." And Jake and is he's like, like, "Let's get a drink. I gotta ask you something." And Jake's like, "Look, Billy, I'm really not in the mood right now. I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go." This is the best scene of the episode. <laughs> and then Billy is like. Oh, okay. Well, you're going to make me tell you in front of God and everybody? You're going to make me ask in front of all these people? Jake, you're a good friend. I've had I've had so much fun with you in the last couple of years. And what I want to ask is, I want you to be my best man. And he's just smiling at him. And Jake is cold-blooded. He's just seething. He looks at him and he says... Go to hell, you son of a bitch. And then it cuts to Billy for one second with the stupidest (laughs) fucking look on his face. And Jake, like, I was so, me and Jake are both so shocked. Jake just fucking decks him in the face. And me and Jenny were both like, yes! Yes. Freaking Billy hits the ground. He gets up and he's all bloodied. His nose is bloody. And then Allison screams, like, what the fuck did Billy just <laughs> Billy do? Did, she goes, Billy! Like, like, Billy, you did something wrong! <laughs> it's always Billy's fault. She's like, Billy! <laughs> and so, of course, Amanda's mouth is a gape. And, um, Amanda's mouth has a gape? Is a gape. What's that? It's open, like in shock. Oh. You've never heard that before? No. Oh, wow. Okay. I've heard of gaping holes. It's a gape. So, um, Billy is like taken off to the side. Amanda and Allison are together. And then, um, Amanda walks up to Allison. She's like, well, I thought this would happen. And Allison's like, what the hell is going on? How could this happen? She's like, well, Billy didn't tell you. 
Well, I told Jake that I slept with Billy when we were broken up. So it, Amanda, Allison is completely surprised by this. She looks at Billy and he's like, oh, great. And then Allison storms off and then Billy goes up to Amanda and says, you're unbelievable. You know that? And then Amanda answers with, so I've been told. Right. A bit In this scene, though, after Billy gets punched, he really plays like, like, like dazed and like beat up pretty good because he always looks like he's lost he's like, no matter uh, what uh, like he got socked. <laughs> he's like sitting on the chair matt's like grabbing him ice and he's just like oh what is going on he he, he plays punched in the face real good <laughs> Like, we should have more scenes yeah. of Billy getting punched in the face. Yeah, I just <laughs> I want a whole episode of just Billy walking what? room to room, getting socked <laughs> in the noggin. Okay, so it's the next morning. We're back at Billy and Allison's apartment. Billy is, makeup is great on Billy. Yeah, he. You can tell that he really. <laughs> it really looks tender. He like, took it. He, he he's got a split lip. It's got some purple and some uh, like a little bit of like browns and bruising like on his jaw. And it looks like really good. Like it looks like it hurts. Yeah. And he's he is playing it well. Like he can't really talk very well because, you know, it's impeding his speech. And Allison is in her room. So they didn't sleep in the same bed last Mm -mm. night. He's knocking on the door and Allison is just sitting up in bed with a teddy bear. What? (laughs) God, you guys are children. And she is just sitting there like I've been I've been up all night. I've been up since four AM just thinking about everything. And and Billy is very apologetic. He's like, Look, Allison, I, I don't know what else to say except I'm sorry. We talk about trust and I guess I, I really deserve this. I should have gotten punched in the face. I should have told you all about this. And then she's like it's Actually, cool. Billy, like, I think you deserve a little bit of understanding here. And Billy is like, wait, what? I'm not in trouble? What? And she's like, yeah, well, you know, at that time when when this all occurred, I went to Steve's ranch intending on sleeping with him. Mm-hmm. So I can't expect you to have to hold some candle for me at that point because we weren't together. We were done. And that's like, I'm thinking... Yeah, this is a non-issue. I don't know why this is such a big deal. I mean, it really means nothing to Billy and Allison because they weren't together. She broke up with Billy to pursue a relationship with Steve. But still, it's like one lapse in, in our togetherness and you're just back into Amanda's bed. That's what it is. Allison was going to pursue a life with Steve. What does it matter? Yeah. She was going to be with someone else too. The only thing that this impedes upon is the relationship with Jake. Jake and Billy's friendship. Mm-hmm. So they are all happy and and Allison's like, I'm still gonna marry you, Billy, but don't you ever lie to me again because what Jake did to you is gonna look like a walk in the park. And then they just they, they like kiss and hurt. Ow. Oh, ow. Ow. Ugh. Oh, God. It's like, oh, oh, ow. Oh, I hate Please it. Please cut away. We don't want to see this. You know what's odd? Throughout this entire episode, 
no shots of the engagement ring. Yeah, because it sucks. It's so terrible. Like, if you told your maid of honor that you were getting engaged... Wouldn't you show your hand and be like, ah! You'd hold it up at the prison. Yeah. You'd be like, look, check it out. Or jail, it's not prison. Prison is where you're sentenced and like you you live out your your sentence. But and then at the engagement party, people would be the coming up to you and being like, oh, it's gorgeous, it's beautiful. But no. Not a single shot of that ring. It doesn't deserve it. It's horrible. I'm gonna just call it the can opener from now on. <laughs> uh so <laughs> next scene. <laughs> Jake is doing laps in the the Melrose Place pool. Finally. Use of the pool. People are using the pool. And he gets up. He's got a lot of steam to blow off. And at that moment, Billy comes out of his apartment to go to work. And he's like, hey, Jake, look, we need to talk about this. And Jake's like, no, we don't. Stay the hell away from me. Yeah. He's done. What are they going to talk about? What's to talk um, about? Um, I slept with your girl while I was living at your apartment and you took me in. And if you all right, if you're Billy, you need to approach with caution. You don't go up to somebody and say, We need to talk in your position. You go up to them and say, Jake, I am so sorry. If there is ever an opportunity to talk to you, I would like to take advantage of that. Billy does not think like that though. No. no. Okay, so Next up, we are back at the hospital. Michael is just on sunshine. He is back going, in action. He's going into his first surgery since he's been on administrative leave. He is like even says, "I love an epidect an epidectomy in the morning," which I guess is some kind of a surgery. And as epidectomy, like, something like that. Yeah. And as he is going to scrub in, Levin comes up to him and is like, "Hey, Mancini." Uh, there's a, an emergency at home. Sydney just called. So I'm going to take your place. I'm going to go in there and, and do this surgery and you need to get home to Sydney. And Michael's like, Oh no, Dr. It's, Levin, fine. it's fine. I mean, I can call her after this. I, I'm really eager to get back on. And he's like, no, I insist. Okay. Sydney needs your help. She's the best thing in the world for you. You need to go to her now. I'm not going to hold this against you. He's like, go. Get out of here, Mancini. So, of course. An appendectomy is the surgical removal of the vermiform appendix. This procedure is normally performed as an emergency procedure when the patient is suffering from an acute appendicitis. Got it. You got to get your appendix out. So he is really not happy about this, but of course he's got to listen to his superior, so he leaves. Now we go back to court, and I appreciate these court scenes. It's a different different setting mm-hmm. than we're used to, and a bunch of new characters, a lot of, a lot of weird extras in the background and <laughs> stuff. And of course, um, we're at Joe's hearing. There's a huddle at the bench, um, the two lawyers and the judge, and they're just like... Little whispers, they go back, and the look on the prosecution attorney's face is like that of utter disappointment. And Joe's lawyer is like super happy, and then boom, everything's everything's done. 
Right. So they found um, that they did an examination of the yacht and they found physical evidence to back up Joe's story. And they really believe that she did not have anything to do with the drug deal, that she doesn't have any information to contribute to the the drug trade and if you remember back in the 90s this was like war on drug territory i mean they were really cracking down on drug dealers and really trying to get a handle on the sale of illicit drugs and they've really determined that she couldn't be helpful in that way and that reed was just another scumbag and she got him off the streets and that she did have to do it in self-defense so they dropped the case against her what I want to know is why is the prosecution lawyer so upset about this? Like Because he thought that maybe Joe could be a tool in giving them more information and then that that, that could lead to other arrests. Uh, see, I just took it as like, look, man, you're hired by the state to prosecute people. And if they're innocent, it's like, okay, well, they're yeah, innocent. Yeah, but if that could produce information to lead to other arrests for these top kingpin drug people because it's not like he had a little amount of coke i mean this was like parcels upon parcels like well then he should twenty thousand dollars worth of drugs he should seek um you know joy that reed is dead that guy is no longer involved in the drug trade well it would just look really good on him if he could come up with more arrests and take down the heavy hitters. So I guess he's upset that that's not going to be the case. Mm. And, um, but Joe is like, instead of just being elated and like, we, we did it. I'm, I'm free. She turns to her lawyer and is like, how did you do it? And he explains to her basically that, Hey, they were thinking that they could get a lot more information out of you about these heavy hitters in the drug trade. And because it's proven that you really did kill Reed in self-defense and they honestly believe you don't have any information that, you know, they, they aren't wanting to pursue charges against you. And she's like, so they used me. That's what she takes away from this. (laughs) So they were using me. It's like, Joe, who the F cares? Just get out of jail. They believe your story. Who cares what the actual like mechanics were behind everything? Well, and it's it's pretty open and shut that it was self defense. I'd be like, hey, did you look at the boat? Yeah. You see all my hair follicles down in the trap fucking door? Yeah. Th- there's probably lots of DNA to support that she was down there. Yeah. She probably pissed her pants down there. Yeah. She was, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, honestly. Like, if was I was in th- on it, why am I shitting in the fucking <laughs> trap door? Why do all of my clothes have pee on them? <laughs> yeah, and maybe number two. And two. <laughs> That's fucking open and shut case. Like, yeah, you're right. No, no drug lord in on it is pissing and shitting themselves all day. <laughs> um, yeah, so I just thought that was weird. It was just kind of like, okay, yeah, they use you, Joe. Yeah. You, you, you the, just killed somebody and you're, you you don't have to go to prison for it. You see the axed CB radio? Why why would we have done that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, these are really great questions to raise. And some that I don't know why they didn't come up before. Yeah, look at the bruising on my face. Yeah, I... Hey, did you check Reed's knuckles? <laughs> yeah, he kicked the shit out of me. <laughs> hey, check, uh, check the bottom of Reed's boot. <laughs> I believe there'd be some DNA in my face on there. Jesus. Yeah. 
insane. So next scene, we have Michael coming home to Sydney to find out what this emergency is. And it could be nothing further from an emergency. Sid's just lallygagging on the couch like, oh, hello, Michael. Reading a magazine, just maxing and relaxing. And Michael's like, okay, what's wrong? What's the emergency? What do you like? What is going on here? And Sydney's like, Michael, I just wanted to have some time with you to start planning our ceremony. I mean, we've got to know what kind of wedding we want. And I love this. Sydney is asserting her power on him to say, look, I got you back into the surgical room because I'm awesome and I can take you right out again. So if you don't play by my rules, I am going to ruin this for you. You're going to marry me. We're going to live a happy little life together. And you're going to be able to continue to practice as a doctor because I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Mm -hmm. So let's start talking about colors and different times of year. We're getting married. And then he is like, cannot believe this. And he basically looks at her and says, what you really seriously want to get married. And she looks at him. It's like, Oh, Michael, I thought you'd never ask. Oh, credits. Perfect. What a doozy. Love it. Big old doozy. To recap, Joe gets off on murder one. Billy gets socked in the face by Jake Hansen. But not before Allison says yes to his marriage proposal. And then Sid gets Michael to propose. And Michael's back on rotation at work in the good graces of Dr. Levin. 90s moments? I didn't get a ton of them because I got to tell you, I was so wrapped up in this storyline. I found myself just kind of like going along with everything. It's like, oh man, I'm not looking for the things I need to. Yeah. Um, But one that stood out to me was using the term capiche. Capiche. (laughs) You know, like back in the 90s, that was a really popular thing to say to be like, you get it? You understand? Capiche. They'd say that in full house all the time. Capiche. Uncle Joey would be like to Michelle, capiche. Um, I've got smoking in jail. Yeah. You can't smoke anymore in jail. Totally. You got to vape. Bringing cappuccino to somebody. I think that that's a kind of a... That's a home thing. A beverage that just isn't in vogue. Cappuccino's not like cool. I think like bringing someone like a pumpkin spice latte yeah. would be the equivalent of that today. Um, Sydney's Susie Homemaker outfit. Oh, so bad. It's like floral print. And I meant to say June Cleaver, not Beverly Cleaver before. Uh, And then there was this poster in Allison's room. And it's like all of this wildlife. I don't know what it was for, but I remembered seeing that all the time Hmm. back in the 90s. It's like a poster with like pandas and it's like almost like a zoo poster. Um, it, it was just an image that I was like, oh my God, I know that. Hmm. Interesting. And the last one I have is the shoulder pads that Joe had in her blazer while she was at court. That's a good one. You got any more? Uh, I've got nothing else. Oh, wow. Yeah, I only had two. So, Dan, every episode has a lesson that we can take away and apply to our own lives. After watching this episode... What lesson are you going to take away and apply to your own life? (laughs) Don't 
give Amanda ideas <laughs> and then don't follow through with like you know don't go over to someone tell them you're going to do something and then have them do it on the other side and then screw you over Billy if you didn't announce to Amanda that you're gonna tell her that you had sex then none of this you wouldn't have gotten punched in the face right you know, just tell Allison. Amanda's like an afterthought. You don't need to tell her every step. Okay? Because Allison didn't give a shit anyway. That's my lesson. Don't give people ideas. Keep them close to the vest. Mine is, don't have sex with your friend's girlfriend. Mm-mm. Hey, you know, and Jake could have probably taken heed of that too because if you remember, Billy and Amanda were an item before. It's this incestuous relationships that all these people are friends and then they're all doing each other and then it's coming back and people are switching partners. The drama wouldn't be there if if someone dated your friend. Don't go and date that person when they break up. Don't like just say that that person's off limits. And go date somebody else because a lot of this drama could really have been avoided if any of these people lived by that rule. Save the drama for your mama. Now it's time for Bitch Bitch of of the Week! week. I'm a boss ass bitch, 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 bitch. I'm a boss ass bitch. Last week, I said Reed was the bitch, Jenny. You said that Billy was the bitch. And with 80% of the vote, Jenny wins. Yeah, baby. Nothing can beat Billy as a bitch. <laughs> Nothing. He sucks. We got a um, s- someone on our, um, on our Facebook group that you all should get into said that you should do bitch of the week except Billy because... <laughs> Billy is always a bitch. No one will ever beat him. Yeah, that's true. That is very true. Okay. So this week, who you got, Jenny? This week, my nomination is for Amanda Woodward. She was very bitchy. Oh, okay. So this whole drama with Jake and her and Allison and Billy was all provoked by her. If they were truly going to keep this little trash sex a secret, then why provoke Allison? Why have to, you know, be always the one in control and on top that you had to even make any kind of a mention that I know things about Billy that you don't know. (laughs) It's like you're totally inviting this kind of drama into your life. Just go, oh, happy for you. Have a nice day. Bye. No, she can't let it go. And then we learn that her whole motivation for sleeping with Billy was just to get revenge on Jake, which is a really shitty thing to do. I mean, using sex to try to hurt people, not cool. That just really shows, again, another thing about her character that she's a total bitch. And then lastly, the whole deal with her being the one to deliver the news to Allison about her and Billy hooking up again. (laughs) It's like Billy even said to you, he wants to be the one to tell her and write. Okay. Billy probably should have told her after he confessed to Amanda that he was going to tell her, he was going to tell Allison. She, he could have taken that opportunity that day. Um, now Amanda beat him to it. 
And I think that that was something that she probably did on purpose. Why even get into the middle of it? It's like uh, when drama and stuff like this happens, I am just the type of person that just wants to just omit myself from the situation. I have friends that are fighting. I'm like, okay, bye. (laughs) I'm I'm like, have fun. I'm not, I am not getting in the middle of it, but Amanda always puts herself in the middle of all of these little dramas and she's a bitch for doing so. So that is my pick. Amanda. Good arguments there. I agree. Yes. Amanda is a bitch, but not as much of a bitch as Allison. What? Allison, you indecisive back and forth bitch. Here's why. Though, you broke up with Billy hardcore and you flew back. Well, you broke up with Billy hardcore. Then you went and tried to fly back and then you got off the plane. Then you ate a then you ate a bagel for nine hours, and then you got back together with him, you banged him, and then you broke up again. You were like, good God, Billy, I'm out of here. Have a nice life. That's what you said to the man. You said, have a nice life. I am Dunsky. And she flew back. And then, then you go ahead, you go to dinner with this guy who has no money. He tricked her. He has no job. He gives you a piece of shrapnel for a fucking wedding gift. I mean, for an engagement ring. And then you don't even give the man the time of day to tell him yes or no. You let him wait out a day until you go have hot dogs in a park. What kind of bitch are you? And then you say yes. (laughs) Your face is is priceless. This is mind-boggling to me (laughs) nothing short of being a bitch then your best friend your best friend in the entire world who you want to be the maid of honor of your wedding is in jail held up for fucking first degree murder and you are on the phone behind a protective sheet of glass talking about i want you to be my maid of honor That is so bitchy. You are so far removed from helping out your friend Joe, who is crying. What have I done to deserve this? Oh, I'm getting married, though. Hey, um, we're having an engagement party. Need you there. P.S. It's the day you get out of prison. Reschedule that, bitch. Don't give yourself the toast. Reschedule. Have your maid of honor give you that toast. You know... You guys used to kick dryers together, okay? (laughs) You guys used to talk. You guys used to hang out. You would have breakfast with her before work at her apartment, which is weird, but you did it. And now you can't even see past your fucking disgusting wedding ring at at a visitation in jail. A man, Allison... God, you're a bitch. Very compelling argument, Dan. Well, it's up to you guys. You tell us who do you think (coughs) is the real bitch? Is it Amanda? Is it Allison? Vote on Twitter. Vote on Facebook. And we will reveal the results next week. Next week, week, guys. Yeah. 
So predictions. What are we thinking? Where do we think this is going? Where the hell is Jane and Matt? Can they get back into the story? I want to. I want to know what's going on with Jane and Matt, especially Jane. I miss Jane. Mm-hmm. She's just cooped up. I want to see K Beacon. Like I want a story. <laughs> Jane, I'm what's K-Beacon. going on in your life? <laughs> is this the stir around? Because I need more donuts. <laughs> I fucking love you, K Beacon. I- Can K Beacon be in the show more, please? <laughs> I want to be, I want Jane more involved, okay? Uh, yeah, where the fuck is Matt? I have no idea. He's only around when he gets boyfriends, and then they don't kiss, they shake hands, and, and that's it. I need more Matt. Um, uh, I think Joe is going to do a lot of rehabbing, and that's going to involve Jake. I think they're really going to, like, they're going to go, like, on bike rides and really start to like rekindle that friendship. I mean, on the DVD we're we're watching the the menu screen is Jake and Joe. You know? So I think I think a man is going to get very jealous of that and there's going to be some issues, some money play issues like, well, I put up the money. Where's the money? And you know Jake don't like it when you start bringing money into it. I know. Um and I think Allison and Billy, I, I'm pretty sure they fall out. I hope so. I don't remember God. them being married. Don't lock your life into that, please. Yeah. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave Sydney and Michael to you. Because I have one big prediction. Um, I really think that Michael and Sydney are going to be on the path to getting married. And mm. I feel like we're going to get up to their wedding day. And this is something that we know we shouldn't know as an audience, but I just, this is a big spoiler that like we couldn't get away from. Kimberly Shaw comes back and I feel like she's coming back on the wedding day. Mm. I feel like she's going to thwart all of these plans that Sydney has because if she's not dead, Sydney really doesn't have a lot of dirt. I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe she's got some dirt on Matt because he changed the blood alcohol level in the computer system. But if you can't prove that and there's not a body and Kimberly is alive and well, then see you later, Sydney. You don't matter. You are out of out of the picture. And then Michael and Kimberly are back on. You got no power. So I'm really looking forward and hoping that that's how it's going to play out. But... Only time will tell. I think we also get to see that um, that infamous Sydney in a wedding dress uh, pool fight with with um, Jane. I know that happens. I don't didn't know about that. Some they fall into a pool. Stop! Don't <laughs> say anymore. That's what I remember. Let me see it but myself. I don't know how it gets to that, but I think that happens. I hope they get married in the freaking courtyard of Melrose Place. Why would they? Neither of them live there. Well, because it's Melrose Place and they're gonna. Um, Cool. Well, we shall see, guys. As always, we appreciate you listening and we love you very, very much. And as Dan said at the top of the show, we welcome you to write us any messages, send us emails, engage with us on social media. Leave us a review. Leave us a review. And give us a dollar. 
Give us a dollar. <laughs> Just one, guys. That's it. Just one buck. <laughs> well, we love smut. And we love you. <laughs>